0: The nighttime show quarantine edition with us as always is Matt Walker I'm the voice of the nighttime show Mike Laser. our guest today is best known for his work in the enormously popular Grammy nominated boy band in sync it's Chris Kirk Patrick and our host who's as round as the day is long Stephen Kramer Glickman welcome yes to the nighttime show it is true and hurtful.
1: Uh, <laughs> Mike, are you gonna welcome to your, the nighttime show are you going to introduce that bird that we're going to hear throughout the entire podcast too what's his name
0: <laughs> oh yeah that's my that's my bird uh uh bitch, bitch ass sparrow <laughs> yeah bitch ass sparrow I have I have both of his albums as well um, does he have wow, tattoos Chris... on
2: his face he's got tattoos on his face he's my favorite rapper <laughs>
0: Chris, it is a a pleasure to have you on the show. We've uh, we've we've wanted to have you on for uh, for some time. And this is uh, this is one way to make it happen, man. I mean, this is uh, this is quarantine. You know, we're we're calling you. uh, You're in your home. I'm in my underwear. You're in your underwear. This is all very exciting. How do you know I'm not in your underwear? (laughs) <laughs> well, you never know. It, never if his know.
1: underwear fits you, Chris, then you've really let yourself go.
0: Wow! <laughs> wow! Ouch! Right out started. the gate, Walker. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, Chris, I met you uh, the first time. I met you was with Jeff Ross. It was at in a some sort of benefit night thing. Yep, and Miami. You were, In Miami, you, I went with him along to like a party and you were there and I was like, oh my God, it's Chris Kirkpatrick. And, and, uh, we, we spoke a little bit that night. And then, uh, years later when I started doing that Nickelodeon show, you were a consultant on that show. Is that right?
2: Um, I think we were talking about, I mean, I think I helped out as much as I could. I don't know if I was a consultant because I didn't get any credit and that would help my sag stuff, but you know, I. You know? I, guess, I guess I was a consultant to the point of, I just said, no, that's dumb. Don't do that.
0: Who did you talk to? Who were you? T- who, who talked to you? You. It was me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, mean, there, 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 were, there, were, there were a couple people with the show that, that I was in, in touch with, but it, it wasn't any, you know, like I said, I wouldn't take any consulting credit on that because I didn't really do anything. I mean, I thought it was going to be huge. Like I thought, oh, this is great. Glickman says this is going to be fun. He wants me on board and then I realized he's from LA and I got the no callback and it was the no friends anymore. Wow. Oh, wow. god!
0: So rough. So god. rough. This business. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's it's a dog eat dog world.
0: It really is. It really is. Right now uh, I wish it was a dog eat
2: bird world. That's what I hope. That's what I wish it was right now. Yeah, but either way, then my dog would still be
0: barking, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, you have such an uh, uh, amazing... Where do you live? Where are you living right now?
2: I'm in Nashville, Tennessee.
0: How long have you lived in Nashville for?
2: We've been here for four or so years. We love it.
0: Yeah. it's What's, what's it like there during this uh, quarantine time?
2: I, I think God must be angry at Nashville or something because we had tornadoes hit that were really bad. Then we had the... the what is this? What are we calling this? The Corona, the C 19. What, are, what's, uh, the, what's I the, I think
0: it's a hoax, right? Aren't we just calling it a hoax? <laughs> the hoax <hopes.
2: laughs> <laughs> so the, the hoax showed up. We had, we had more wind damage type thing. And then he decided to make it rain. Like at least once a day, I feel like I'm in Florida again. Like the difference is in Florida, it rang, it rained at like three o'clock in the afternoon till three 30. Then it was great here. It rains from like, you know, three o'clock in the morning till three o'clock the next morning it's just like it's been it's been really rainy but I've got a two-year-old two year so we've made the best of it and had a blast with you know I think the quarantine's almost been more fun because now I don't feel guilty like everybody else is out there having fun while I'm at home mm-hmm. is that weird
0: yeah no I get it I get it. and you've been trying to find I know you told me yesterday you're trying to like find activities at home to do with the kids and do things. We
2: create a lot of space. We create a lot of space for activities. You know, we've, we've put together about mm, 15 puzzles. Um, I've invented new games, which I never realized how smart I was at inventing games until this quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And just, you know, I, I think, I think the actually the hardest part is telling the two year old that this isn't daddy's fault. Like daddy didn't do this. He's like, hey, I want to go do this. I want to go do this. You're like, no, we can't. It's closed. And he gives me those like BS eyes. Like, this is what you tell me when you say something's broken and you don't want to play with it. And the next day I get to play with it again. You know, it's like, no, this is for real. Like, this is, this is a big, dude. Like, you're living through some crazy times that nobody knows we're all going to get what's happening or what's going on. So, so
1: Chris, you said that you invented some games and you bragged about it. So now I got to hear, what's your favorite game that you've invented? How do we play?
2: Why would I tell you that? How do you know I'm not marketing those right now, (laughs) trying to make money off of this whole thing, trying to figure out how this is going to work out in my favor? Nobody's listening. No, there's been a lot of, I think, just, you know, crafty My wife was just laughing at me today saying, I didn't realize how crafty you were. And I'm like, well, I didn't realize how crafty I was either. until I bought all these crafts for you to do and you didn't do them. So I ended up having to do them. Um, Just, you know, just random things, making, making things with boxes, making like, is there a lot of bedazzling going on? That's what it sounds like to me absolutely no bedazzling that was a part of my life i'd like to not relive so (laughs) let's just pretend like the bedazzle area never the bedazzle era never happened (laughs) although it's going to come back and when it does you're going to look back and go look what look what trendsetters those guys were." were like yeah why wouldn't you put rhinestones and bedazzle on a you know t-shirt looks
0: amazing
2: on an ed hardy denim suit <laughs>
0: <laughs> you could you could get one of those barbie like heads where you like do your do the hair on the heads and teach your kid how to how to braid? do braids mm-hmm. you know do, do some braids show them how to really do
2: the hair can you write that real quick? I'm writing that down. This is thing. <laughs> that should be that should be one of the uh one of the sync merch stuff that we come out with now. Braid Chris's hair. Oh, yeah. Genius. 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 It
0: would crush. It would crush right now. Are you I kidding love this. Me? I love this. Yeah. The you you had some iconic looks uh during uh, but the years were, uh, where, where, where did the uh, origin of some of these looks come from? The the styles. Where did some of these styles come from?
2: Well, if you're if you're talking, I'm I'm assuming you're mostly talking about the braids. A lot of it actually came from Europe. You know, because we started out in Europe, and we were over in Europe for a really long time. And you know, we were doing stuff over there. I remember one show we wore snowboarding boots on oh on my stage. God. Because we were and, and it's not because we thought they were so cool, but because there was a cheap company in Germany that gave us like tons of free stuff. And some of the free stuff that we picked out were snowboarding boots. And we're like, dude, these are so cool. Let's wear these on stage. And, you know, that's, that's how that happened. And then then we had goggles and I'm like, goggles look stupid. I can't see out of goggles. But if I put them on my head oh. for no apparent reason and and looking back on you know i had a bunch of the old stuff i had goggles on my head i'm like i never once had those goggles on my eyes (laughs) like it was basically a dude's version of a headband
1: yeah that's
2: amazing yeah Yeah, because that is
0: that's that like set some real trends i mean in uh that movie with seth green uh can't Can't hardly hardly wait wait. he wears those goggles
2: on his fucking forehead the whole movie yep he's welcome (laughs) <laughs> uh, he owes, owes me that it, david spade said uh david spade said his hair from a joe dirt was directly derivative off of my braid weird <laughs> look that i had and then he goes no but let's make it a mullet i'm like see that's why you're a genius david that's why that's why you do what you do that's now awesome.
1: in a group wow. like yours that was so much more uh about more than just the singing, it's about a performance and dancing all how do you dance in snow boots? Was that hard to do? Like were you able to do any of the stuff that you would normally do on stage?
2: Hell no. We have, we we did that maybe one show. We thought, <laughs> hey, let's do it. They look so good. Afterwards, we're all like icing our ankles, going, What a stupid idea. <laughs> that was that was so dumb, Joey Fatone. Why would you tell us to do that? Fucking Fatone. it. does sound like Joey. Jo- it sounds like Joey. Jo- Joey was our scapegoat. Joey had zero ideas, but if it went wrong, they were all his ideas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's let's take a, a little walk through this uh, this this group of guys that are all all so iconic. You, I mean you you got there every everyone you worked with during that period are are their, every single person. They're all fucking huge iconic people. This is it's an extraordinary thing, like. Um, what was Fatone like? How did you meet him? What was the uh, the beginning of that friendship like? What's he, you know, what was he like?
2: Okay, first of all, that question just got thrown out because the fact that you said we worked with all these iconic people, and the first person <laughs> you asked me about was Joey Fatone. <laughs>
0: um, I, look, I'm so sorry. I'm so now, sorry. Let me let me. He was that. on The Masked Singer. Okay, <laughs> he was on the
2: he was the family feud for two
1: seasons
2: yeah so so joey joey is joey is one of my best friends on the planet and i love to make fun of him more than anybody but joey has joey's like uh he's got an amazing set of skills and joey is very very outgoing he's very um charismatic and he's he's always fun i've I think I'm the funniest person on the planet, but I've been out with him, going, man, he's pretty funny, but it's only because he's charismatic and he he meets everybody. He will do anything, and I mean that, and I won't even go on with that. He will do anything, and um, but he's just very, he's he's so talented in what he does, and like I said, that's such a crazy set of skills that he has to be so talented. But we've also got lance who lance had an amazing set of skills jc had an amazing set of skills of course justin has an amazing set of skills i'm funny you know like there's there's a lot of there's a lot going on with the five of us being in a band that worked in the band's favor like there was no there were we were all swiss army knives but in major directions so You know, if if anything ever came up, everybody had such a great skill set and whatever came up that we had no problems any time in our careers because we just always adapted. We always kept each other in check and we always one person could all step up and say, hey, listen, you guys aren't good at this part. Let me show you what to do. And the other four would listen and say, "Okay, Lance, this is what we need to learn from you and what you do. Joey, this is what we need to learn from you and what you do. So it was, we all had an amazing set of skills and they all just, you know, it was the perfect storm. We, we the way the, the music hit, the timing, um, the music we were putting out, uh, the band look, everything that we had was just a perfect storm and, and it worked out in our favor. And, and I can't say enough how much it's a blessing. And those four guys are three brothers and a sister to me, you know, it's, it's amazing. So
1: it sounds like you're saying that with a certain set of skills, that Liam Neeson was the sixth member of In Sync. Is that correct? <laughs> uh,
2: Liam Neeson was the was the Lou Pearlman. He was the silent sixth <laughs> member that, wow. uh, that that basically just took a took a uh, part of what we were doing without doing any of his set of skills.
0: Literally taken. I love it. Mm. <laughs>
2: Holy Literally shit!
0: shit. Yes, yeah, wow. Steve. Yeah. You
2: know what it's like. You played basically him as a yeah. character
0: ba- basically, basically, except, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, le- in some ways, uh, not as big an asshole. And in other ways, uh, maybe a bigger, Even bigger of an asshole. Yeah. I, I want
2: to uh, know, I want to know what your research was for that character. Like, did you, did you go out and like Google Lou and like, just find mannerisms or things that he would say, or, are you I, one of those actors that just went willy nilly and were like, you know, what, I'm going to do this with my own? No,
0: no, I actually went to Sony and asked them if there was a producer I could spend the day with to like learn about the the business. And I, the guy that they assigned me to was a huge asshole, and uh, was you know, yeah, you know, yelled and screamed at people and uh through stuff and told me a lot of fucked up stories about the about the industry and and things he had worked on and it just I was like oh, all okay. right so that that helped kind of push it a little bit um and then uh uh I I I mean I told him I wanted the character to be like the, the white puff daddy
2: that the white puff what I was like I, Daddy, I, was Daddy, think, I, was thinking, I was thinking, you, I was thinking you were going to Rikers or something, yeah. talking to Lou, <laughs> and sitting down with Lou, and just going, "Feed me right now, just feed me this energy that you have. I'm going to become you on stage and and no. I, Steve, I, I, Daddy, I was, Daddy, Steve, Steve Daddy, and Shook Knight. It say, was Steve
0: because you... he had that making.
2: By um, right, shook Knight. That's a whole another level. Like we're not even going to go there. I'm not even going to talk about that right now because I have a child. I'd Steve- love to see him turn 18 years old.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I get that.
2: Stephen was more like the stay puffed daddy. Wow! <laughs> wow! He's the boy band. The boy band. The boy band guys just fell asleep, and they said, "Don't think of anything right now. Whatever you do, don't think of any kind of manager." Did you think of something? Glickman walks out. What's up? <laughs> I I actually. <laughs>
0: I I actually had a run-in with Shook Knight right you had around a the time. Run-over. Yeah, we. You mean run over? I was not run over. <laughs> no, I was at Mel's Diner. I had just gotten uh, cast in the in the Nickelodeon show, and I went into the bathroom. Uh, I was drunk. I got very drunk, and uh, I walked from the comedy store to Mel's Diner. I went into the bathroom. And uh, to like maybe throw up because I was like so, so drunk, <laughs> and I walked in and, and Shug Knight was in the bathroom, and I looked at him and I went, "You Shook Knight," and he went, and "He went, uh, yeah," and I went, "I'm I'm Steven Glickman, I I'm uh, being on Nickelodeon," and he went, "All right," and then he just walked past me. And like walked out of the bathroom and I was like, okay, okay. So I was like, that so, just happened.
2: So what I've and what then, I've learned from then, this is when you're drunk you sound like ali G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's amazing. 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 Borat. <laughs> I'm gonna be on the show, Nickelodeon. Then I went back to my table
0: to like sit with, with the other comedians. And I'm like sobering up and Shook Knight was walking out of the restaurant and as he was walking past me, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, uh, congrats, bitch. And then kept walking. <laughs> and everyone at the table was like, you know, Shook Knight. It's
2: like, Dude, I know Shook Knight. <laughs> you're a made man. Holy cow. Who would have known? Yeah. We did. Uh, we, yeah. did we were yeah. doing, uh, I want to say it was like the the grammys or something in la and i flew my mom out because i wanted my mom to experience all that and she had a great time at it and we went to this after party we were at this after party and i guess suge had bull rushed his way in with a bunch of his guys or something like that and i'm on the dance floor with my girlfriend at the time and my mom's out there having fun and i'm like my security comes up all right we gotta go she just bull- bulldoze his way in or something something to that accord and i'm like all right mom you know i don't know anything about this i'm like but we got to get out of here suge knight (laughs) is here and it could get crazy my mom goes what is a suge knight what are we what are we (laughs) doing here with this i'm like come on mom let's just get out and (laughs) we safely yeah i wish you put his hand on my shoulder and been like talk about street cred oh good luck good luck I didn't realize. I'm not going to make fun of you anymore. Holy cow. <laughs> you, know, you, you know people. You now, know, you know people. Watch out. I so so <laughs> touched you.
0: Hey, Matt, do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for our Neft Vodka Moment. You know, at Neft, they say life is a story. Make it a good one. Well, we are all about good stories at the nighttime show. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, specific well, stories you'd want to tell? I loved it when we had Lisa Loeb on the show. Oh, God, that was the best. Yeah, You know, the the coolest thing about having Lisa Loeb on the show is we surprised the audience. Uh, we had 200 people in the audience mm-hmm. at the Hollywood Improv, and it was our 100th episode of the show. And we, star- we started the show by saying— <laughs> Started asking,
1: should we continue doing the show? Should we stay doing the show— or should we go? Yeah. And then we got somebody to say, you should stay, stay. And you're like, is that Lisa Loeb out there saying we should stay?
0: And then Lisa Loeb came up on stage and sang uh, stay? stay, her song, her like big yeah. hit song from the 90s. And uh, so, I mean, it was a big deal to us. And it was also the first time we'd ever really had a musical performance mm-hmm. of that caliber happening yeah. on stage. We all were staring at each other while she was like, you say only hear what I want. We were losing our minds yeah. staring at each other, and uh, and it was cool to have a Grammy winner on stage messing around with us, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and just like her, Neff Vodka has also won some incredible awards uh, in 2018, 200... Different vodkas were judged at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. And Neft not only was awarded best vodka, but took home the double gold because uh, all of the judges unanimously gave it gold ratings. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is like a huge deal. And it happened again in 2019. Um, You absolutely need to try this vodka. It comes in a unbreakable barrel, uh, which keeps neft vodka cold for up to six hours inspired in Siberia distilled in Austria and winning awards here in America just like Lisa Loeb mm-hmm. uh, go to buyneftvodka.com that's dot com. by neft vodka.com all right let's get back to the show
1: now just to change the subject a little bit um, you were born in Pennsylvania and then you moved to Orlando how old were you when you went down to Florida?
2: uh i was real young i was like 20 no i'm kidding i was like no i moved down to actually start school go to college like when i was 18 oh okay so you you actually grew up in pennsylvania i was about 18 okay Uh, well pennsylvania ohio i I grew up mostly in pennsylvania moved to ohio my high school year so i don't know Ohio to be mad at, but yeah so i was what what else does my wikipedia say is there anything like (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, there's some stuff in there. We'll get to it. Uh, but no, so, no, I'm kidding. Because I, I recognize Clarion, Pennsylvania because I've actually been to Clarion uh, back in the day. Get out of was- here.
2: You've been to Clarion?
1: There's 12 people there. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. they should put a sign up that has me on the front they saying, should. he made it. He did it. He doesn't live here anymore. Yeah, <laughs> there's actually, it's, they would put a sign up with like four people on it, and they're the four of us that moved out of Clarion.
1: Yeah, the
2: ones were born there and left.
1: That, that's how one guy's is. doing
2: yeah. one, one guy's doing tech work in Maryland, but, you know, he's, he's really cool at what he does. Another guy's down, uh, I think he's a janitor in uh, Virginia, but the four of us that actually moved away from Clarion should be on a sign. Yeah, hell yeah! Like the the mom always leave like Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then they're like, and then one guy was in a boy band too. We're more excited about the janitor in Virginia. <laughs> Look, when, so when so
1: you,
0: you got out to Florida, oh, sorry, Matt, go
1: I ahead. Go say, ahead. So like, I, we're probably thinking along the same lines here, but I was saying, so you go to Florida, yeah. and it seems like there's like a whole mm-hmm. crew of you guys that knew each other when you were young, like working at or uh, working at Universal or working for the Disney parks, and it's like there's Wayne Brady working around that same time as you guys and Joey's there. It's like, did you know a lot of people that then went on to become famous? Uh,
0: yeah, because you because know, Chris, you were in a doo op group that was right. as far as I know, right? A doo op group that right. was at Universal.
2: Right, right. So, so so the weird the weird thing about it was when I went I moved to Orlando my dad lived in Orlando. So I moved to Orlando and I'm like, I'm going to come down here. I didn't know what the hell I want to do. You know, there were, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a marine biologist. I wanted to be a psychologist. I wanted to be in music. I wanted to be an actor. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. And then I realized I'm not good at any of those things. So I was just like, whatever somebody would give me at this point, you know, figure out what these fish are doing, you know, it doesn't matter. But I moved to Orlando. I start going to a community college. And had the worst schedule on the planet. I mean, it was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, noon class, Wednesday night class, Tuesday and Thursday, late afternoon class, Saturday morning class. And it was like, it was almost impossible for me to even get a job, but I'm there and you know, I'm doing all these random you know, classes. And I see this thing on the board saying wanted singers for the choir, mostly guys, because they didn't have enough guys in the choir. So the first semester I was there, I wasn't in the choir. From then on, I got a scholarship. I'm like, man, it was like 500 bucks a, a semester or something. And to me, that was like 5 million bucks at the time. So I, did, I, I ended up joining choir. And once I got back in the choir, I started doing these quartets again where I'd arrange all these different acapella numbers and had different guys come and go. And we'd do all these coffee shops. And one of the guys that was in my choir, but he was in, never in my quartet, was this kid, Howie, Howie Thoreau. Was in the Backstreet Boys, Howie D. It's like weird that I have to say that Howard Darrow, Howie D. You know, like somebody <laughs> yeah. goes, oh yeah, yeah, Chris Kropatrick or the C to the K. You know, it's like <laughs> it, it's it's weird to have to call somebody by their weird board, boy band name, but I'll do it. And um, he came in and he knew Lou, and he was looking for guys to be in this new band he was in that they were going to call the Backstreet Boys. And at the time, it was him and AJ were the only. Uh, Nick, I think Nick might have been there too. So it was AJ, Nick, um, Howie, and then my buddy, Charlie, and then some random other guy that was in it. And they came in and my buddy, Charlie, my band to go be in the Backstreet Boys. And I was like, dude, you're such a loser. I'm like, we're doing cool acapella stuff. And you're going and singing a track. Like that makes no sense. But of course, then the Backstreet Boys became the Backstreet Boys. Charlie quit the Backstreet Boys, introduced me to Lou, helped me. my band then quit my band so this guy's like the pete best best like he was in (laughs) the backstreet boys he's a great guy like i don't mean to talk shit about him by any means he's a great guy but at the same time he had a problem with the producer so he's like yeah the backstreet boys i don't think they're gonna do anything all right i'm gonna help chris start in and saying yeah i don't think they're gonna do anything either it's like (laughs) holy shit yeah well all i know is he was in another band after that and i i hope he doesn't hear this because i don't want to talk shit about him because I love the guy dearly. But all I know is he called me and he's like, dude, I just started this new band. I'm like, dude, you should quit. They'll be huge.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the
0: band was called
2: The Spice Girls. Yeah. <laughs> Matchbox 20. It was so great. I was doing tambourine. I'm like, this is a, isn't for me.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. That's a pretty oh. funny movie, actually. The guy who like made every band and then left before they got successful. <laughs> Let's I write like it right.
2: Now. I, I'll get a hold of him. He's a great kid. Like That's he's so funny. Smart. He would, that would be a way better story than our boring ass story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever, dude. That Look the the uh, we we've talked to Joey Fatone about the Lou Pearlman, you know, situation that you guys went through and Lou basically uh legitimately making himself the sixth member of in sync in all the contracts and all the things like uh even though he wasn't in the band he was basically getting uh, everything that you guys were getting as well as making himself the the lawyer in the band and the manager taking percentages from fucking everywhere i mean like at, at what point did you did you kind of see that something was not right there
2: Listen, with the Lou thing, it's so funny because looking back on it now, I always, you know, look at that like the old Bugs Bunny cartoon where that he goes to the robber's place. He's got the little guy, man, man, you know, and he goes up and he gets in the robber's place and they're talking about divvying out the money and Bugs Bunny's going. What about me, boss? What about me, boss? What about me, boss? Yeah. What about me, boss? And he's getting all these dollars. I'm like, that was Lou. Like, that was actually genius. I can't believe he thought of that. But he got it straight from Bugs Bunny. But I think I think the saddest part about everything is the fact that Lou stepped over a dollar to pick up a dime. And it really was one of those scenarios where he had he really was the mastermind behind the Backstreet Boys. He was the mastermind behind in sync. And if he would have done everything correctly, he could have been you know, the happiest person on the planet making, he still made money off of his fake stuff that he was doing. But those those are the ones that I feel real bad for, because in the end, you know, if you're talking to me, like, you know, Lou took millions from you. And I'm like, you know, that's cute. I remember millions. Like that was funny when I first made my first millions, but uh-huh. you know, not to, not to be joking about it, but it's the people that he took their life savings from and the people that have nothing now, because, the Ponzi scheme that he put up. And it's like, he had the charisma, he had the connections. He had the ability to actually be a genius entrepreneur, but instead, you know, some of these people just see dollar signs and they see all this stuff and they start grabbing at the dollar signs and forget about, you know, who they're screwing over or whatever. And eventually, you know, the floor is going to cave out from under you. And you're going to realize that if, if he would have done it honestly, I'm telling you, if he would have done it honestly, I think he still would be alive. But I also think that, you know, he would be a mogul that everybody would. He'd be the Clive Davis, or he'd be somebody that's like, he had the vision, and he had this whole ideas that should work, but, you know, he just was too greedy.
0: No, you're totally right. I mean, when you really break it down, like, you know, like, him creating the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and knowing you know, like knowing what people wanted and, and, you know, make, and like, you know, he was such a significant part of, of all those, uh, you know, of the success. If he just would have done that and not also, you know, try to, you know, you know, get, grab every possible. Yeah.
2: Not, not, to mention, thing. Not, to mention, not to mention LFO O-Town O-Town was a money market and O-Town I actually, uh, I do a trivia show on Monday nights, and I've had, I've had AJ on and we've talked about this and I just had Jacob and um, on and we were both like, it was so crazy to talk to AJ about it because AJ went through the same stuff we did, you know, it was all the same six members type of stuff. It was great talking to Jacob about it because when he did O-Town, it was an MTV production so they didn't want any of that dirty shit going on. So he couldn't be a sixth member. You know, he couldn't do a lot of the stuff that he normally does. So they weren't, they weren't as bad off as we were. Like, they didn't have to go to court to get him out of the thing. They had, they had MTV and everybody looking over every contract that he signed. When we signed a contract, our first contract we signed with Lou was me, Justin, JC, and uh, I think Joey. So the four of us signed a contract with Lou. And we were a band as him as the fifth member at the time. And then when we got Lance in, we had to go back through the contract and, you know, do all these sub. I don't know. I'm an idiot when it comes to contractual things. But, you know, all these and I'm the oldest. So I'm sitting there. I don't need a parent to sign for me. Just tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll <laughs> sign wherever you're going to make me a musician. I'll do it. But, you know, luckily, O-Town had all the, the right. um Things in place where they didn't have to sign the bad contract because it was through MTV and through all these bigger people that were had watchdogs over them looking going, you know, this guy would scam you if he did that or whatever. So it worked out great for them, but not as much for us.
1: I think uh, you and the Backstreet Boys, with what your two groups went through, I think it sort of set a precedent for other groups coming up in terms of what to watch out for. And I think there were more precautions taken for other groups. So I think they all owe you a... Uh, a sincere thank you for what you went through that made their life better
2: see I don't, I don't know about that because again I'm sure there's been you know you, have, you've ever seen the TLC documentary or all these other bands it's been going on for forever and it will still go on the, the problem is we're in the music industry we're not in the music musicians we're in yeah. the music industry meaning right. as many as much talent as they're out there making the songs performing the songs like if i can get a hold of these guys right now i can sign them and i know a way to make it so i can make more money than they do in the long run by just introducing them to c and d you know it's it, mm-hmm. so it, it's it's a business it's a it's a music business music industry it's not it's not as easy as just finding somebody talented and when you first come out like when we first were you know i was i was again I, like you said i was singing universal studios I was uh, at working at SeaWorld as one of those weird photographer people. I was working at the Outback Steakhouse as a waiter, and I was going to school full time. For somebody to come up to me and go, hey, I'll tell you what. You can quit all your jobs, and I'll give you a per diem a month to sing or to perform You know, music that you get to write, music that uh, you, know, you have the shape of what your band is. You're like, cool, Satan, where do I sign? You know, <laughs> It's like you, you make the deals with the devil. Because it's the only deals that are at the table and those are the biggest deals. So I, I, I don't want to say that like we were, we would help anybody else out. I I try my best to every time I meet any new groups or anybody to get them to the right people, the people that really know, you know, this is what's going to be good for you. This is going to suck for you, Mm -hmm. you know, or this is a good deal. This is a bad deal. The first thing I tell everybody is make sure you have a good lawyer because a lawyer loves money and a lawyer loves your money and they want to make sure that you make a lot of money so they can take a lot of money yeah. you know so you get that guy you get that guy he's going to fight for you and even if it's a fake fighting for you he's going to fight for you yeah. yeah man
0: you're so you're so right about that that is a
2: preach on preach on
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. seriously seriously um it's-
2: <laughs> i, I do Sorry man it's so like crazy to hear you talk about this Chris because Taylor Swift went through this whole thing last year cuz mm-hmm. she doesn't have any of her masters because mm-hmm. of a contract she signed when she was so young and just trying to go through exactly what you went through and it's just these fucking sharks who come out of nowhere to like give you your dream but kind of take it from you at the same time it's wild to hear you talk about yeah, so, this So so what do we do about that though do we start a company because Everybody starts companies, everybody starts labels, everybody starts production, everybody starts something. But do you start a company that, you know, I had a company, a uh, working class industry, and it basically was that. I'm like, we're here for the working man, which is the musician. You know, we're the guys that are out there putting the hits out. Everybody should get their cut. Everybody should get their fair pay. But that's mm-hmm. the thing fair pay. What's fair pay? What's fair pay to you just because you've got the connections? What's your percentage? Like, what do you want? But let's lay it all out there. Let's make it all you know, in black and white, this is what I want. This is what I'm doing. This is what I think I deserve. And then you have people that can argue for everybody going, well, you know, we could get somebody else to do this and he knows this person. So it doesn't make as much sense, but it's so hard because it is, it is a business. And, you know, you're looking at now all these, you know, for a while it was tech companies, tech companies started to blow up and now it's, um, influencers, like influencers, it's it's almost a joke to me, but as long as they've got the right people and as long as they know their market and know what they're doing, if kids are paying for it, mm-hmm. then good for them. Like the term influencer to me is like the term boy band. You know, it's one of those things that you're like, oh God, that's, I guess that's what I am. But it's really weird here. It's like, you know, nails on a chalkboard. It doesn't sound right. It's not what we did. You know, if you want to go back and call the Jackson have a boy band if you want to call a new edition a boy band you know it wasn't boy bands until it was a bunch of white guys trying to sell posters and bed sheets to middle america and that's what sucks we've got how do you find how do you find the people you trust because as, as much as you come up with these concepts there's people out there going hey you know what i got an idea let's pretend like we're coming up with these concepts let's tell everybody this is a safe haven as lou Pearlman, lou Pearlman was papa lou he was a guy i trusted right before right before he got imprison, <laughs> imprison, <laughs> imprison, imprisoned imprisoned, prison imprisoned.
0: let's go with let's go with imprisoned i think that's so
2: imprisoned <laughs> all right the whiskey's are kicking in imprisoned <laughs> impri- <laughs> that's, how fake he, that's how fake he was he wasn't in prison he was imprisoned so but you know right before he got imprisoned i'm like oh, you know what? I need to give my money to Lou, like all this extra money. I, he, I trust him with everything because he was this trusting guy. He was this guy that was Papa Lou. You know, I didn't know airships weren't there. I didn't know Transcontinental, Transcontinental Airlines was not a real airline. You know, it's like you, you have business people that are so good at what they do. They can they can milk water out of a rock and, and find a way to to make these things happen. And you've got these wide-eyed musicians who have great songs and if somebody goes hey listen here's how much how much money do you make a month they're like you know 300 bucks here's twenty thousand dollars for you to do this they're like okay you know what do i have to do is this sex scenes or what am i you know yeah. i've done yeah not for purpose but they'll be out there you'll find them Hell yeah. Only fans, Chris Kirkpatrick. Here we go. There we go. There we go. CK will make your day.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. Hey, uh, real quick before we continue the show, um, I want to talk about a third generation family run business that I am very proud to be working with. Uh, Sennheiser is the number one. Number top-tier <laughs> microphone uh, company in the mm-hmm. world, and we are so lucky that we are now recording our show using Sennheiser microphones and their headphones. Mm-hmm. It's awesome.
1: We're, we're talking into Sennheiser MD-42 microphones and using Sennheiser HD-25 headphones, and these sound amazing.
0: I mean, listen to Mike Black's voice. Listen to the rich and sumptuous soundscape that comes out of my voice. Oh. Every time I speak into a Sennheiser. Absolutely. Go check out uh, their microphones and their sound equipment over at Sennheiser.com. All right. Let's get back to the show. Uh, now, Fatone started at some point the uh, the what's it called? The uh, fucking uh, Joey's hot dog. The hot dog. The fat ones. Uh, fat oh, yeah. Ones.
2: Yeah, fat ones. Um, which, at, which I thought at, in this day and age, we're all looking for like low calorie stuff. Let me go to a hot dog place called Fat Ones. That means I'm just giving up. At this point, I'm like, you know what? I'm just giving up. I know it's his last name, but I know I'm just giving up at this point. Fat Ones Hot Dogs. <laughs> fat Ones Hot Dogs. Pump so the log crazy. right it's into my so... veins. And
1: he said the, the slogan is put a fat one in your mouth.
2: But see, that's different. <laughs> what, what, yeah, see, that's different. What I'm thinking about is the calorie count and all this. Oh, yeah. What Joey's thinking about is sex. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> that's that's basically. Well, like,
0: does... is, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you what brands or things you've you pulled together throughout. The, I know that you had a clothing line at some point uh, during this whole uh, thing, throughout and this some time. Stuff, yeah, yeah. But um, let's let's go let's go in that direction for just a second. When it comes to sex, and it comes to being on tour, and it comes to being in sync, and it comes to this fucking life, uh, you, you got to tell me. There's I want to hear best story, and I want to hear worst story. That's I like how running. you had a direction
2: going with that, and then you're like, "No, yeah. you know what? No, fuck <laughs> I really want. I don't know. want to talk about know. t-shirts. I, wanna I want to know about, about this boy I band. Know. I want to know about this boy band pussy thing that's been out there and been like." Going on. Well, uh, I want honest- to hear the worst
0: the worst sex story that happened to her and the best sex story that happened to her.
2: It depends on by which person. Who do you want to hear the worst sex story about? And if you say Timberlake, amending oh. the call. Uh, no, I want to hear about you. <laughs> Mine, my, my best sex story. Ugh, here, here, here was the here was the problem. So when we when we started out, I'm I'm one of those weird guys that likes to fall in love. Right. And as cheesy and dumb that sounds, the problem is through most of our careers, I ended up having girlfriends against Lou Pearlman's wishes, who Lou Pearlman would be like, okay, the first thing you guys need to do is not have girlfriends. Every girl wants to feel like they could have you as a boyfriend. So, you know, and if I could change subjects just slightly, um, there were rules. There were rules about Lou Pearlman's boy band. And it's so funny now to talk about him, like to be like when Lou first, like when Lou and I first started talking, he looked at me and said, wow, that's an ugly son of a bitch. I hope he's got some good looking friends. And I'm like, I do (laughs) trust me. I've got some good looking friends. So, you know, there were rules. There were things like, I don't want, you know, no tattoos. We don't want tattoos. We don't want some tattooed guy. And I remember take that was big and take that was just, you know, at their pinnacle, and Robbie Williams had all these tattoos, and I'm, like, going, I fucking love Robbie Williams. Like, Robbie Williams is me. Like, I love this dude. And he's like, no, no, Chris, no tattoos. Look, he shaved his head. You have to have perfect hair. And he used to do the weirdest thing, which looking back, knowing that he had this fetish and was gay or whatever, Mm -hmm. he'd always be like, guys, let me see. Look at these abs. Like, you'd lift your shirt up and be like, look at these abs. Look at these abs. Now, granted, he did it as much to me because abs is plural and i had ab <laughs> and he was like he, he didn't want to brag about anything i was bringing to the table so but it's just this weird you know this whole no girlfriends no tattoos clean cut you know he had this whole image and from day 1 i fought that more than anything and i always was like trying to go against everything he always said so He'd say, I want to be clean cut. So I'm like, all right, fuck, I'm going to do dress. And then he's like, all right, but I want to do no girlfriends. And I'm like, well, fuck it. Here's my new girlfriend. She's beautiful, and I love her, and I care about her. And he's like, and no tattoos. And I'm like, ha, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, here we go. Like, let's start with the tattoos. So I started getting tattoos and all this stuff. But so when we were on tour with the girl situation, it was always weird because I had, you know, girlfriends, or I had, you know, especially when my, our whole career, there were three girls in my life. And, you know, each one of the three, you know, I always was like cool to. And th- that was always my thing. And I always like to be at a hockey game. I, I always like to be right there on the glass. I like to see everything that's happening, but I don't want to get in the hockey fights. You know, it's like I love to watch everything going on, but in the end, I'm still in the audience participating, you know, so. With, with with my sex stories it wasn't it wasn't as crazy as, you know, Joey's or as, as somebody else's that, you know, were going on. But I mean they were not even decent, you know, it was like <laughs> I'm I'm embarrassed on that side of it. And then I'm sitting there with, with dreads and a tattoos going, Yeah, well, I had sex with my girlfriend. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Now, like, remember when we were in New York and I got shit-faced and ended up on Molly and that wasn't just a drug, you know, it was just like, you know, it was like, whatever.
0: <laughs> two now, Mollies, one in, both in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, two Mollies, one in
2: my mouth and one, one,
0: one in her mouth. Now, speaking of you. Oh, wow. Speaking
1: of you
2: getting hey, shit-faced. Hey, be careful, though. My sister's name is Molly, so. <laughs> messed up. Oh, no. Yeah. I was
1: just going to say, speaking of you being shit-faced, we've heard a story about you and Pat O'Brien. That involves a lot of alcohol. Oh. So, can you it's just true. sort of relate it to us, real briefly, on this show because it's very entertaining.
2: Did did Joey tell you that show? Did that song? That...
0: Uh, well, did not that
2: song?
0: Uh, I, Joey. Joey told us the story, but so did Alfonso Ribeiro, and so did Nick Lachey, and so did Pat O'Brien. So, <laughs> oh, we'd yeah. like to hear your 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 okay, side so of the l- story. So, l- let's
2: just say, let's just say, I'm not a golfer. I I golf okay. I just golfed yesterday. I think I shot a guy in his leg, but you know, it was like, <laughs> I, 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 I like to golf and I'm not good at it, but it's, it's a fun little sport. It's like bowling pool, ping pong, anything that is stupid. But if you have a special set of skills, again, Liam Neeson, you could be good at it. So I like to go out and drink and smoke cigars. And that particular time we were in Jamaica for Pat O'Brien's thing. And that was when I just started golfing. So I was really bad at golfing. So I was really good at drinking and I got yeah. shit faced. I mean, I, my, my, I almost called it a Jersey, <laughs> I yeah. guess in golf they you don't know, call their golf shirts, jerseys cause they're pussies. But you know, it was like, <laughs> it was like my, it was my golf shirt was filthy because I was doing sand angels. I was doing all this stuff. I had a I had a cone on my head. It was like, it was really bad. <laughs> and we got to the, we got to the 18th, 18th hole and I shot a pretty good shot down there. And, and Pat O'Brien came down and Pat O'Brien is one of my favorite people on the planet. I think he's a legendary sportscaster. I've always like, except for when he did Access Hollywood or what he did, it was like, you know what, Pat? I've always respected him and I always love what he does. And I considered him a really good friend. And he came down and I was wasted. And he starts talking trash to me, just like, whatever, whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, my favorite sport is hockey. Like, hockey is number one. All my good friends that were famous in our heyday were all hockey players. So I love hockey. So we come down talking all this smack. And I'm not going to take this. I'm like, hockey is like, I mean, golf is like hockey without the goal. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm going to. So I run over to Pat. And I still to like to fight a lot or a lot, you know, whatever. And I grabbed his shirt and I pulled it up over his head, getting ready for a fake hockey fight. And I went to kick him and I kicked him square in the nuts. And that as a man <laughs> is not good. Like that is one thing that you do not do. I will preface it again saying I did not mean to kick him in the nuts. I meant to <laughs> knee him in the stomach, but my leg, my leg did the, the test where he hits you with a hammer and you're just leg <laughs> <laughs> down! I kicked him in the nuts, and I kicked him hard, and he went down. And all I remember is him is him going in sync. Will never be on Access Hollywood. Like he was pissed off. He was he was to the core pissed off at me, and I was still kind of laughing because I'm like, "You little bitch!" Like <laughs> whatever, couldn't take a knee to the balls or whatever accidentally happened, and I felt so bad. Were, were you wearing I really, golf spikes? I didn't kick him with my spikes. <laughs> okay. Like I, you have to understand. Like visualize his shirt, his head. Yeah. Me with him in a headlock, and then kneeing him in the stomach, and my leg went through and kicked his nuts. Okay. Oh, this they, spikes okay. are still sticking out. Like he wasn't on the ground, spread eagle, and I stomped on him. <laughs> this was this was an accidental type thing and i i felt horrible i felt horrible the minute it happened especially when he was screaming in sync never be on access hollywood again and i felt horrible when it happened and then when the comedian that night decided to bring it up and talk about it and i felt like two feet tall like i really it was such an accidental thing and to this to this day i regret it but i did send him a cake to access hollywood which was two golf balls with a cleat in the middle of it saying i'm so sorry <laughs> you know and i still love him to this day oh wow have, have you seen him that's since my story and i'm sticking to it to it
1: have you seen him since
2: that's then have i seen him interview. since yeah hell no he doesn't return my calls <laughs> i like i wait, like his wait. posts on instagram and twitter and he's just like how did I get deleted again? Like it's
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> when we asked him about it, he said that he gets to brag to his children and his grandchildren. I believe uh, that, uh, that at one point, uh, one of the guys from Insync kicked him in the balls and that's. So you know, hold on a second.
2: Hold on a second. He gets that's to brag like, about that's, it. That's like Eminem talking trash about you in one of his songs. Like yeah. that's like Pat o- Pat O'Brien has done some of the most amazing sports cast like, you know, wimbled anything he's ever done. Like I've i I've seen some old stuff and you see Pat O'Brien interviewing the guy. If me kicking him in the nuts is a bragging point, I've done pretty good. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. I'm hell pretty yes. proud. I'm pretty proud of who I've become.
1: And you you were hell and we should point out you were name dropped by Eminem in a in a big song. Um
2: now, huge, how huge. much of that
1: was an actual feud, and how much of it is just that your name happened to rhyme with what he wanted to say at the time?
2: Okay, first of all, my name happening to rhyme happening to rhyme with what he wanted to say. I don't. I don't know how he rhymed that. First of all, I think it was. Uh, I I am one of the biggest Eminem fans on the planet. Like he is by far. Like even though I think he hates me, I'm still like there's certain people that I meet in the business and if they hate me, I'm like, I'm never watching that show again. That guy called me a dick or that guy doesn't like me or that guy, whatever. Eminem can talk any trash he wants. And to do it in a song, if you really think about like, he kind of in a weird way, gave me a compliment Mm -hmm. in that, in that when people think of the band, insect, they'll go, Oh, I remember that band. It was Justin, JC, uh, uh, Joey did a bunch of weird things. Then there was the gay one. What a great band, right? Yeah. Those guys were awesome. You know, like, nobody will ever even remember me, but the fact that I'm an Eminem song that will go on forever, and kids, my grandkids' grandkids will go, hey, that's my great-great-great-grandfather that Eminem, Eminem wanted to you know, <laughs> say that he can get your ass kicked. You're like, yep that wasn't me. Well I'll be dead, but I'll be like, Yeah, that was me up in heaven, whatever. <laughs> but that was that was the ultimate, ultimate uh moment for me. Except when I first heard it, I thought I'd I did not know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like we were <laughs> we were coming back from a show in Miami and somebody goes, Yeah, we heard that new m&m song, he calls you out, and then I'm like, Yeah, he always does. In sync rhymes with anything, he hates us, whatever. They're like, No, dude, you yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean you? Like Chris Kirkpatrick. I'm like, first of all, it's Kirkpatrick. There's no per Patrick. it's Kirkpatrick. Second of all, what the hell could rhyme with Chris Kirkpatrick? <laughs> and then I guess get your ass kicked. I never, <laughs> <heard> <laughs> up in school, that never came up. You know, there were there were many other things that rhymed with Chrissy, whatever Chris, but Kirkpatrick get your ass kicked. That's why he's a genius. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it's so funny that the first thing you did when you heard that Eminem name dropped you is you gave him a note on pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have. When you first heard that, it must have been that 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 feeling in your stomach, that like horrible feeling of like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to say something? Are you supposed to respond? Do you? No, I'll tell t- you everything-
2: The first thing I did was. I went into my group of songwriters and I'm like, "All right, guys, I need to write a really good love song this time. This one's got to go like what rhymes with Eminem? Like I want to make this beautiful. I want to let you. No, what do you do? Like I was like, yeah. I I didn't know what to do. I've never had beef. I mean, me and AJ had beef, but that was like, I'll kill AJ. You know, Eminem was like, <laughs> Eminem. I was Why did like, you have beef? Why did you have beef with AJ? AJ, well again aj is one of my best friends now and i'm just prefacing with that because i'll tell y'all but we had beef like you know there was always a backstreet boys in sync beef thing going on mm-hmm. and it was always this it was mostly with the fans but when the fans were talking you know and they're well they weren't posting at that time because we had a website instinct had a website we didn't have any internet stuff, It was a website but you know you'd hear like oh well so and so said this and so and so said And I I would talk shit like unless I could back it up. And I think, you know, again going back to the Eminem, too, I think um I think Joe and I were doing TRL Live and Eminem was one of the songs, and I was like, Eminem is like a crocodile hunter, like he loves to jump into controversy, whatever. And I think that's what he saw and took it as I was talking shit, but I really think I was like, dude, I love the guy. So maybe your pop your uh interview here he write another song about me that'd be great because I'll, I'll still buy it but <laughs> um he listens to the podcast so it shouldn't be too much of a problem <laughs> <laughs> well he's already rhymed for patrick get your ass he's such a genius he'd probably rhyme with something else or like well nope, i guess you know getting plugged by an alien in the butt rhymes with that too you know it's like it's amazing what he can rhyme with but um yeah it's just you know the whole starting starting the controversy and starting you know the beef in a boy band. I'm like, there's no way I can come back from this. What am I going to do? Like a matter of a love song about it like, what, what can I possibly do so I just I just end it with that. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> hey, uh c- a quick thing I want to talk about uh, Mike black, I-, I think this is uh, something that we we really should talk about, yeah. and uh, it's a um a company. That was founded in 1983 in Tokyo, Japan... Of course. I'm talking about the Zoom Corporation. So, Zoom. <laughs> now, if, if it wasn't for Zoom, and Matt knows this, we would not be able to do our show. Um, they make the best audio equipment in the world. Um, we, w- Which one are we using right now? We,
1: we're recording onto a Zoom LiveTrack L8 right now, and when we go do our live events at conventions and stuff, we often use the Zoom H6, and they're both just fantastic pieces of equipment. You plug your microphones in, you plug your headphones in, and you're good to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, whether you're a classically trained pianist or a run-and-gun fan filmmaker or a podcaster like uh, you know like us um yep yeah i do a ton of podcasts and i can tell by listening when they're using a zoom and when they're not yeah it's the uh, mark of excellence it yeah. really is uh go check it uh, go check out all their stuff over at zoom-na.com that's zoom-na.com be professional for god's sake zoom-na.com all right okay let's get back to the show Okay, a couple, a couple last things before we uh, we wrap up here. Uh, I'm gonna name a couple people, and Mm -hmm. uh, you tell me if there's any any uh, memory of any any weird interactions with any of these people. Are you ready? Are you ready?
2: Wait, 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 wait. I I am, but before I do this. Do you already know this ahead of time? Are you, like, pulling stories out of me? Or no. is this just
0: random? I'm, no, 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 no. I'm pulling out of thin air. This
2: is a thin uh, air good, pull. good, good. this can okay. be fun, because I can, I can make shit up. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Christina Aguilera. Best friend. Best friend since... No. Um, my Christina story is we were at Dublin, and Christina is probably one of the most talented singers on the planet. And we were, you know, we were all friends because of the whole pop and Mickey Mouse thing, whatever. And we were at Dublin's and I was at a table and she came over and sat down. I'm like, hey, and she kind of like blew me off a little bit. And I'm like, oh, hell no. And I climbed across the table to like talk shit. And her security looks at me. And then my security looked at him and they took off. So that's like basically my only (laughs) (laughs) good, good Christina, other than she's. She's a uh, local Pittsburgh girl, talented, beautiful. Always have respect for her.
0: I love it. I love it.
2: Um, All right,
0: Britney motherfucking Spears.
2: Britney, Britney Spears. Uh, (laughs) Britney. I mean, I. Britney's Britney's always been cool. You know, there's been weird times, but you know, it's always been. It was always funny because. When we were on tour, it was me and Justin and JC on a bus and Joey and Lance on another bus and Brittany would always ride our bus. And, you know, it was just, you know, hanging out with her was cool. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's not a lot about her that is really interesting. Like, it's not like, you know, there wasn't any memorable moments that stick out to me or at least that. I can recall as of now drugs and alcohol are bad. So I've probably forgotten more things than I've (laughs) remembered in my life, but you know, I mean, she was, she was, she was nice. It was, it was crazy. I remember when we were doing a show at some, I think it was at a hotel uh, boardroom or something. And we just started and we were the big draw and Brittany had just released and we're in this little room and Brittany and Justin are sitting there and Justin comes over to me. and goes, dude, I used to like date her when we were in the mouse club. She's like, he's like, man, she's so cute. I miss her and everything like that. And then they get back together and I'm like, dude, you never date an ex. Like, haven't you learned that yet? They're an ex-girlfriend for a reason. Yeah. Reconnecting.
1: Somebody dropped out. Give me one second here. What are you guys Hello? doing? Hello? Okay. Hello. Is Do I have the three of you back on now?
2: Uh, yeah, you're hanging up in the- beefiest part of my story so basically what i was saying was the little clowns that showed up i paid them off
0: we got out
2: of there the, the cactus hurt in my butt a little bit and that's all i have to say about britain and christine that's all right
0: that's great that was perfect uh that was really well done well done well done um okay uh yeah, now in uh, in voiceover in the voiceover world, uh, you you ended up getting to work with one of our friends, Tara Strong, over on Fairly Odd Parents, and did a bunch of episodes of that show. Um, how what, what do you how do you enjoy do you enjoy doing voiceover work when you get to do
2: it? I love voiceover work. I I think voiceover work though, and Steven, I know you've done a bunch and I've been bragging to my kid, the voices that you've got to do, but you know, it's, it's funny because voiceover work is probably like, I'm not an actor and voiceover work to me is like actor squared because when you're acting, it's like playing, it's like, it's like singing a song as opposed to playing a live show. When you're singing a song, you have to put as much into it as you can, but you're singing in a room by yourself and trying to get that emotion out. When you're when you're singing in front of an audience, you can see reaction. You can see what people are doing. When you're acting, you have somebody you're acting off of, unless you're, you know, in Phantom Menace and you're playing against a guy with a green screen saying I'm Jar Jar Banks. You know, it's like you're you're playing to another actor and you're to somebody that you can feed off of, going, okay, this was his. And this was his reaction this is how I can play it when you're doing voiceover work you're standing in a in a booth going okay now I want you to be mad at this person that's standing in front of you and say this or do this or act like oh look what just happened you know and it it is really really tough it was a lot of fun I'm a diehard cartoon fan to so the day I die and it was such an honor to get to do it you know Butch Hartman is one of my favorite people on the planet and his talent and what he comes up with is, is so genius. And, and to get to do this show before, you know, people didn't know what Fairly Odd Parents was. I got to do Stripperella. We did the Simpsons, you know, doing these shows. It's like, these are all kind of iconic shows that, you know, you've become a part of and you could still look like a piece of trash like me and and look great on the screen. So but playing off the people was the hardest part, and and voice acting was really difficult.
0: Wow! Yeah, were you? Uh, did you find yourself uh, on on any at at any point in time that like like where you were maybe doing a music video nearby, and then you got invited onto any other sound stages, or you went on uh, while anyone else was taping? Have you have you ended up in any places that maybe? Is like I, I know that Fatona told us once that, that he ended up on a Star Wars set at some point. Have oh, hold had-
2: on, hold on, hold on. He's lying. First of all, <laughs> we, first of all, we, so what, what, what happened was George, George <laughs> Lucas came to one of our shows and brought his daughter because she was a big fan. And we're backstage and George Lucas walks up. And I'm a diehard Star Wars fan too. And I had a pug, I had my pug with me. And he looks, you know, we're all talking to his daughter, you know, being respectful and like, and so so cool, George Lucas. He's like, hey, can I take a few pictures of your dog? And I'm like, yeah, are you going to make him a monster or something? That would be epic if you make him a monster. But, you know, we're all shooting the shit and whatever. And I think it was Joey that goes, hey, we've always wanted to be in a Star Wars movie. And I'm like, wow, Joey, way to be, you know, in front of our guest here, like way to throw that out. And George goes, I think I can make that happen. And we're like, I mean, good job, Joey. Nice time, nice timing. That was perfect. (laughs) So we were actually uh, doing a show somewhere. And we, me, Joey, and JC flew into uh, San Francisco, and then drove up to the Lucas Ranch and got to stay on the Lucas Ranch. Got to tour the big white house with the, the THX movie theater with. With a library that has like the original lightsaber, you know, all this crazy stuff in there and geeking out the whole time over Star Wars. And the next day filming in front of a green screen, us all dresses, Jedi's, like doing whatever, whatever. And then apparently the real Star Wars fans go in sync in a Star Wars movie. I won't go watch it. And they've got way more fans than we do. So they had to pull the plug on all the stuff that we filmed. And we still, to this day, I told Joey, I think it was this, it was right after Phantom Menace, I think it was the second one. And I was like, this is, I think we're in the scene, the big battle scene with all the weird alien bugs in the arena. I was like, I'll bet you somewhere in there, we're in there. But yeah, there was no, we accidentally walked over like oh what are you guys doing over here we just had a show next door you're filming star wars cool I'm to join in and see what's happening. now now joey told us a story
1: that i have to ask you about cool because, i'll
2: tell you the real story okay because i am curious so,
1: so he said about he said about a year and a half before lance bass came out they were at a party at one of your houses and everybody sort of was winding down And Joey said he was like looking for a bathroom or something. He was drunk and he went downstairs and opened a door and he walked in on Lance, uh, with a man sitting on his lap and they were making out. And that's what he said that he found out that Lance was gay. And then he said, Lance told him, Hey, keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody else. It's just between us. So my question is, did something similar happen with other members of the band? And maybe you guys didn't know that each other knew that Lance was gay before he finally came out to the public. Like, did anything weird like that happen with you?
2: Okay, so you're asking us if any of us didn't know we knew Lance was gay before yes. it came out. Yeah. Like, like when did you that's find pretty, out? That's, that, that's pretty funny. That's, <laughs> that, that's, that's the joke right there to me. First of all, Lance, Lance came out to me when we were doing a, a thing in Chicago, a charity event. And I was, like, you know, messing around with one of his assistants. And she goes, listen, you got to go up and just ask Lance and I did and he said hey i'm gay i'm like yeah cool mm-hmm. so we we assumed or knew pretty much when we met him okay and it it was just like you know it was, first of all we didn't care but second of all <laughs> the only the only thing that i regret and feel bad about is the fact that you know you're talking about four other you know high school slash early college guys who make jokes about everything and everybody. Oh yeah. And you know, Lance never came out of the closet. So, you know, they were gay, they were jokes. They were never meant to hurt anybody, but looking back, it's like, man, I wish we would have really known then because we would have been a lot more sensitive about what we said or, you know, let them fit in more. There was never, there was never any time that, you know, that changed how we felt because, you know, the, the, the funniest story that I always tell is we just met Lance and we'd been in a band for about a year and a half and Lance was in a band for maybe a month mm-hmm. and we went back to his school and did a show. And Lance was like, Hey y'all, uh, I met Justin's best friends. I met Chris's best friends, Joey, JC's best friends. I want y'all to meet my best friends now that you're here in Mississippi. We're like, cool. So Justin and I are standing by the door, the doorbell rings and in walk like 10 of the hottest chicks from Mississippi <laughs> that we've ever met in our life. Hi, my name's Stacy. Hi, my name's Rachel. Hi, my name's Veronica. You know, we're like, we're like, holy cow, we need to move to Mississippi. And then as soon as they all came in, we looked at each other and we're like, he's gay. <laughs> like, nobody has that many girl best friends. And it's great. I, mean, I had a ton of girls that I said were my best friends. But if I didn't say I was trying to get in their pants, I was lying to you. Yeah. So, I mean, we all kind of, I'd asked him a few times when we were out and on tour or doing videos or things like that, you know, because rumors would be coming around and I I wanted to be ahead of the the storm. I wanted to be ahead of the rumors. You know, I wanted to be the first one to go, yeah, so what, he's gay, you know, kiss my ass. I'm gay too, you know, I don't care. (laughs) You know, just just because I love Lance, you know, I'd love to help him out. And it did kind of hurt that he didn't come out at the same time I understood why he didn't come out. And, you know, when he finally did come out, it was funny. I was actually doing radio in Florida and I was on the air and they were showing me the Us Weekly magazine that he said, I'm gay on it. And they're like, do you want to talk about this? And it broke me down because I'm like, he didn't even call or he didn't say anything that he was going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, now it's like over and I'm going to have to deal with all the, you know, backlash or rep or everything through this. So I just looked at the guy on the radio. I'm like, well, what's going to come out next? Samuel L. Jackson's going to be on the cover saying I'm black? You know, it's like, <laughs> hey, you know, it is wow. what it is. So what? Yeah. You know, deal with it. You know, we'll, we'll work with it. I, I love the kid. I still love him to this day. Very cool.
0: Love it. I love it. Well done. Well done. That's amazing, man.
2: Well, so like, what's, what's up
0: for you next, man? What, what's going to, what comes, what, what, can, what can we expect? I don't know, did I just have a stroke? I may have just had a stroke. Yeah, that's uh, fine.
2: what that's fine. like you mean what what's the future hold? Uh well yeah, what does the future know, hold
0: for, for Miss Chris Mr. Chris Kirkpatrick?
2: I, I think it's I think it's tough now because there was a lot going on, you know, I was doing a lot of shows, you know, I'm playing out with all the cool kids, I'm playing out with, you know, different things where, you know, I'll go out and perform of our songs i'll perform some new songs i'll perform i had a band Nigel's just 11 you know i'm always performances it's going to be a long time for the music industry to come back from everything that's going on and it's tough it's tough for us so we're trying to find new avenues to come out with new music to new, do new things you know so i you know i started anything i could any online presence i have my instagram all these things i do a trivia show on mondays you know, and then I guess now Joey's doing a trivia show, and Lance is doing a trivia show. So we're all doing like these cool, you know, trivia things or whatever, and and you know, trying to just find new ways of entertaining and find new ways of of staying in the public eye and have people still, you know, recognize what we've done or what we will do. And you know, writing sections, all this you know, being a dad takes up a lot of time. So there's a lot, you know, and especially like i said in these situations it's a lot harder to before i'd be like okay i've got this band we play all these shows all around or i'm touring with this band or you know going out with a dj or going out with other bands or whatever and and now it's man i gotta scramble and find new ways of reinventing myself so in, in the music business we're all kind of reinventing ourselves right now and finding the best way to put music out there and put what we do out there and and make it relevant
0: Mm-hmm. Man, I'm looking at your Instagram right now and this trivia night looks awesome.
2: It's fun. I'm gonna get Steve, I'm gonna get you on there. We're still on boy band guys. But I gotta move to eventually move to comedians between you, Tom Green, or boy, or, or boy band producers. <laughs> uh, well, well, the only one I know is dead, so you'll have to be the second. <laughs> End line, I'll come. I'll come on in character. Whatever you want, <laughs> that would be perfect. And, That'd uh, be perfect.
1: And I think your fans would would be upset with me if I didn't ask this question. Is there any chance of us seeing oh, a Jesus! Don't ask
2: the question. Don't ask the question. Jesus, Matt. I Good. like. Hold on. Hold on. Matt. Okay, that's that's Matt that said that. Yes. Matt, just yeah, so you know Matt. the the fake ass thing of saying our fans. <laughs> shut up you're such a liar. You fucking one... asshole, mad jesus this is the work actually we're in the studio right now working on a new record thank and you it's gonna no it's all we need to know um, i'll run with that quote yeah. and that'll get us listens on the podcast <laughs> no. that's all i care <laughs> yeah that'll get me in so much shit trouble with everybody else and like whatever you know it it, it really sucks because you know i do miss the guys i miss mm-hmm. performing with them and you know we we had a little resurgence last year when we did Coachella with Arana and everything. And, mm-hmm. and you can't, you know, Justin solo career Justin's doing what he's doing and, and there's, there's drama. There's, there's a lot of excessive drama in our band in that we all love each other, but you know, it's, it's how many people or how many girls have you ever met and you go on a date with them? You're like, man, they're so hot. They're amazing, but I could never date her. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's kind of, you know, the thing with the band. We we respect each other so much. We know that the fans are out there and we know the fans deserve something. But, you know, there's it's just not what we can all do together. It's just not all something that there's too many, too many moving parts and and too many juggling pieces to where, you know, it's just it's not in the cards. And I can't say it will never be in the cards. But I don't want the hardcore fans to go, well, you're dangling a carrot. I'm like, I'm not dangling everything. I'm just saying it's not in the cards right now. You know, who knows? I'm old as shit. I die before anything happens. And maybe the four of them will get back together and do something in remembrance of me. You know, so, but in, unless I pass away in the next three years. And I don't want to encourage anybody to murder me just for an in-sync reunion. but <laughs> that would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> wow, thanks a lot. I just died so the guys could get back together. I'm a, I'm a true martyr for the band. Let's do it. But that's my well, answer. I, and uh, I'm sticking to it. Wow. I
0: personally am not going to be happy or satisfied in my life until I get to play golf with you, Chris, uh, some, <laughs> somewhere in the world. Um, and you don't have to kick me in the balls, but you, I, I, I will allow it if that is the conditional. Uh, Just you know it's it. not
2: golf unless like somebody loses a testicle. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you're uh, you're so awesome for doing this and for chatting with us and making this Sunday uh, well a way more uh, fun day. Yeah, man uh, how, uh, how can people find you on the on the internet and the social medias and stuff, Where can people care?
2: Uh, well, my uh, MySpace page is like killing it right now. It's, um left <laughs> now. That's the new thing, right? Um, no. <laughs> um, I am Seeker Patrick. I am Seeker Patrick on Twitter, on, uh, I don't know, my Facebook is on Instagram. It's I am Seeker Patrick. And I just got on TikTok. And it kind of pisses me off because I, st- I started a TikTok for fun. And I have a good friend, Mitch, um, and he was my only friend. And I was just making a couple weird talks. And I thought they were fun. And then I posted a TikTok somewhere. And people found me. So now I have like you know, eight, ten followers. How did you guys know me? Like, this is like a private thing I want to do for fun and just put out stupid shit. And now people are going to start watching it. But, you know, TikTok's fun. Um, social Dude, media's that, fun.
0: That, that TikTok is, is fucking crazy, man. That is, those people are very engaged over there. Dude. Yeah,
2: and, and it's all over the place. It's almost like everybody can create their own, you know, 30-second TV show about anything. And it's that, that's kind of the draw. And you would think when MySpace came out that we'd all joke and go, we would have, you know, you could have seen the future and known TikTok was going to be, you know, down the road, but it took, you know, then Facebook, then Instagram, and now it's been taken over by TikTok. And, you know, it's just, it's a great way. And and it all comes back to the music thing. I love music now because there's so many talented kids that before you're trying to burn CDs or make mixtapes or do what you do and get it out to the public. And now you just put it online and if it's good, people will find you. And, you know, so it, I I'll love say that. This,
0: I'll, tell you, well, I'll say this, Chris, just to remember, uh, we, uh, the this, this past uh, December, we put on this big charity event for a children's hospital. And there was a singer. He was the number one singer on the number one track on Spotify and uh, on, on SoundCloud. And was his song was being used Every eight seconds on TikTok, and we got a hold of his manager, and we said we would love him to perform. We know he's based out of LA. We'd love to have him perform on this charity event. And the manager said that would be great. However, he doesn't know how to perform yet. <laughs> he's, never, <laughs> he's he's never been in front of an audience. He he recorded the song in his apartment, and he doesn't know what it's like to be in front of people. So we don't even know what a track for him like looks like. So it, it may be next year at some point. And now no one knows who the fuck this guy is. Like now, yeah, but yeah, not... but
2: during during the during the corona, he's the biggest thing since sliced bread. Since oh, nobody right. can perform, and we can exactly. All do it so it's games.
0: like these it's guys. Funny you know these guys they've got to they you know they gotta they gotta learn from the the chris uh patrick school of of performing they have to know how to perform they have no to know they, how they to- have
2: to learn they have to learn from the joey fatone school of performing because joey's the best perform- Look, he seriously is he's he's one of the best performers i know he's got the dumbest looking dancer face i've ever seen in my life but he's a great great performer and i'm horrible at this i'm I, I get up there, I'm doing a video one time and somebody looks at me and goes, come on Chris you have done know of these, this is the best you got? <laughs> <laughs> that was my O face for videos, like it's like, that's all I got bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it, I love it. Wonderful. Uh, Mike, uh, Glazer where can people find you on the social medias? Oh yeah uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Glazer and I just shot a video for Comedy Central but all of the heinous porn I watch. So if you want to check that out from sure having a <laughs> it's, it's very funny. funny. It's on Comedy Central's Instagram, and it's hilarious. Yeah. I'm all over that now. I'm <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to watch that uh, and then watch the porn. Uh, Matt, where can people find people? Uh,
1: you can find links to everything at funnymatt.com, and uh, Chris can send me a message after that last question at mattwalkersucks.com.
0: <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> uh, where where can people play this trivia game? Where can go to to watch the trivia game?
2: Yeah, it's just on my Instagram. It's every Monday night on my Instagram. Tomorrow night I got a uh, Joey McIntyre from the New Kids, and then I think we have got one more boy bander the following week, and then. We'll start working on you, freaking comedians It'll be funny.
0: Oof, looking forward to it. Uh, you can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S-T-E-P-H-E-N Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nighttime Show podcast and listen to our uh, other uh, cr- recent, interesting, and bizarre, wonderful episodes that have done been- it air uh, so uh thanks again so much uh Chris, for doing this you're a uh, a real pal, and I look forward to
2: hanging out with you sometime soon for sure. Nice talking to all you guys, thank you Chris. you all too. Right. Man. have thanks. a good one. thanks for listening to the show guys. Oh.